Let us bow our heads and pray. Come, live in the light. Shine with joy and the love of the Lord. We are called to be light for the kingdom, to live in the freedom of the city of God. We are called to act with justice. We are called to love tenderly. We are called to serve one another. To walk humbly with God. We thank you, Lord, this morning. We thank you, Father, for your inspiration. We thank you, Lord, for reminding us this morning of our Christian vocations. Our vocation to act with justice our Christian calling to love tenderly. We now ask you, Lord, to open our hearts and come into our hearts with the power of your word and strengthen us always to be the salt and the light of our earth. This is our prayer, and we make it through Christ our Lord. Amen. After the Second World War, when the fog had cleared and the craziness was all over, people were now trying to figure out what happened. How could that have happened? How could Germany, that is so well known for its intellectuals, Germany that produced somebody like Hegel, Germany that produced somebody like Albert Einstein could be so carried away by that kind of hysteria. And so the trajectory of scholarship suddenly changed after the Second World War. Between 1940 to 1960s, psychologists, especially social psychologists, were trying to understand the psychological roots of orderness. Orderness is that mindset that I have and you have that sometimes sets me, us, against them. And so the whole scholarship on orderness became something that scholars were interested in. And they started conducting different kinds of social experiments to understand what exactly is behind that kind of sentiment. Now, in 1961, there was this guy called Muzaffar Sharif. And Muzaffar Sharif conducted a very classical social experiment where he selected a group of young boys between the ages of 10 and 11, well-behaved boys from good families. And he went with them to a summer camp in Oklahoma. 
in the middle of nowhere, removed from everything. But he set up now the camp in two settings. He grouped the boys into two main groups and made sure they had no interaction with each other. So group X did not have any interaction with group Z, but they were all in the same camp. And now he set up a lot of competition between the two groups. Suddenly he discovered that as the days progressed and the competition got more heated, the aggressiveness between the boys even got more heated. One group had a name for, their, for themselves. They called themselves the Eagles. The other group called themselves the Rattlers. And suddenly, Sharif had to call off the experiment because the aggressiveness became very physical. And so he suspended the experiment and gave the boys two days to cool off. And after that, he flipped the experiment. Instead of creating competition, he now started giving them what he called superordinate tasks. A superordinate task is a task that you know you can't do by yourself alone. You need others to help you. And so suddenly, the two groups started discovering how much they needed each other. And so Sharif now came up with a concept that as a matter of fact, superordinate mentality, collaborative mentality is really what minimizes orderness. And competition produces orderness. But the fact is this. We don't even need science to test that for us as Christians. We don't need science to prove to us that superordinate mentality, to prove to us that having a collaborative mentality is at the heart of Christianity. That is what is etched into our Christian faith. That's why this morning in the prophecy of Isaiah, we see Isaiah drawing two lines for us. A vertical axis and a horizontal axis. And Isaiah now lays down a fundamental concept that there is a correlation between our vertical relationship with God and our horizontal relationship with our brothers and sisters. And so I cannot tell myself, oh, Father Tony, I love God and I'm making progress vertically. But that vertical progress has no translation to a horizontal axis. That's why in the first reading, you see Isaiah saying to us, listen, if you want the glory of God to be your red God, according to Isaiah, if you want to experience the blessings of God, then and only then you must, first of all, show justice. Isaiah says your heart must be stirred to speak out for those who are oppressed. Your heart must be stirred to stand for justice. 
to help the hungry, to help the weak. Because for Isaiah, there is always a relationship between the vertical and the horizontal. And now, finally, in the gospel, Jesus now puts it so beautifully. Jesus tells us that we have two types of witnessing. There is the subtle witnessing, and there is the bold witnessing. The subtle witnessing is the metaphor of the salt. When you season your food, sometimes you don't see the seasoning. It blends with the meal. But when you taste it, you know it is seasoned. That's a subtle witnessing. The bold witnessing is the metaphor of the light. The light shining on the hilltop. And Jesus says we are called to both types of witnessing. We are called to subtle witnessing. Witnessing to your family. The way you carry yourself as a Christian husband the way you relate with your spouse, the way you relate with your family, that is being salt. It is subtle. It is gentle. And that's why our opening song in the homily today says, we are called to love tenderly. That is being salt of the earth. But sometimes we are also called to bold witnesses to speak out for justice, not to just remain silent in the face of injustice. And that's why I love the way Martin Luther King puts it. He says, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And in another place in that letter, Martin Luther King makes a very beautiful distinction. It says there are two types of churches. There are two types of Christians. There is the thermometer Christian, and there is the thermostat Christian. The thermometer, like you know, the mercury in the thermometer goes up and down based on the temperature around it. We don't want to be thermometer Christians that simply reflect the opinions around us, that simply reflect the cultural norms around us. We want to be thermostat. We want to provide stability to our culture. We want to provide stability to our society. We want to speak out when there is injustice. We want to speak out for kindness. We want to speak out for love. Sometimes it can be countercultural. Sometimes you may be persecuted and insulted. Sometimes a lot of people wouldn't even like you. Even sometimes as a priest and you are preaching this kind of homily, those that shake your hands after mass, the number will go down. But if you came out on a Sunday and like, hello, let's happy go, have go, fine. But sometimes we've got to hear this truth that we as a church are 
called to be thermostats. We are called to act with justice. We are called to love tenderly. But above all, we are called to walk humbly with God. A prayer this morning is that the Lord will give you and give me the strength and the grace to continue to be salt and light to the earth. Amen. <laughs>